Well, welcome to The Intentional Dad, the podcast for men and their families on a journey to embrace and fulfill the promise of fatherhood. You are joining us for our next episode, and I've just been on a run lately of having a lot of fun with special guests. And first was my oldest son, and most recently we had a podcast with my daughter on the eve of her initiation. And those were both very fun ways for me to uh, enter into this podcasting thing, which is relatively new. Not relatively. It is new. Um, and to, to you anyway. To, to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's new to me. Um, but we have another opportunity because my daughter's initiation is now behind us. And of course, uh, we had a lot of family in town for that special occasion that we shared together. And uh, my dad has come from Nashville for this weekend. And that before would be Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee, yes, there is Nashville's other places. Oh, they right. They well, no, they don't count. So. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and this is my dad. He uh, was not going to wait for me to say, introduce yourself. Um, and so anyway, we are here uh, taking advantage of the opportunity we have that we're together before he heads back home uh, later tonight. And uh, I'll fill you in a little bit on what we're going to talk about here in just a second. But Dad has uh, made himself known. So, Dad, why don't you just officially say hi at this point? Hey, everybody. Glad to meet you. <laughs> uh, tell him your name, because I've been calling oh, you Dad. Tell okay. him your name. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> well, my name is Russ. Yes, Russ. And... Uh, you are living in Nashville, of course, and have been for, gosh, what are we up to? Six, Six years. years now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Six years. Yeah. So having an opportunity like this, uh, cool special. chance, cool yeah. chance. So a uh, little background on what we're going to talk about, and then we'll just, we'll just talk. We'll, we'll do a little okay. reminiscing of our own here, but um, <laughs> no such thing as format around here. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that, um, <laughs> Anyway, so the story that we have to share with you today actually is just a little glimpse into what's been a really cool journey for us uh, within this last year. Um, And something began to unfold uh, as I started to realize I had a book on my heart to write. And once I realized that I wanted to write a book, it didn't take long for me to recognize that what I wanted to say in that book was going to be telling my story. And it was my story as a son and my story as a father. And the first part of that, my my story as a son, was going to involve telling some things about my, uh, my years with my dad, my relationship with him. And what I had on my heart to share was some good things, a lot of good things, uh, and some uh, some things that are harder to talk about. And in recognizing that, uh, I knew that the very first person I needed to engage before I went any further was my dad. And so at the very beginning, I asked if he would share in this with me. And what came out of that was months and months and months of 
ongoing conversation. And it just became a thing for us <laughs> that we would touch base. And three hours later, uh, we had another incredible conversation behind us. And through those conversations, there were so many things that we were able to explore and understand some healing, clarity, uh, reconciliation where it had been hard to come by for a long time. It's just been a wonderful, beautiful gift that has kind of been a parallel story right along with writing the book. And so there was one, one story, one topic in particular that we want to get into today. Um, the second chapter of my book um, is entitled Generational Momentum. And if I can give a Cliff Notes version, it is this idea that the institution of fatherhood is a fractured one going all the way back to Adam. And the brokenness that one generation passes on to the next is something woven into all of our experiences as children and parents. And that particular issue of generational momentum may look a little different from family to family, but the uh, pretty the, much guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, the issue is the same. And so part of, uh, embracing and fulfilling the promise of fatherhood is recognizing some of the things that we're up against. Um, and this generational momentum is really important to understand because without that, Typically, what a man does as he begins his fatherhood journey is he puts his plan together and it's something like this, that here are the things I liked when I was a kid. I'm going to keep those. Here are the things I didn't like. I'm not going to do those. Voila, we have a fatherhood plan. And I think it's even more fractured than that. Yeah. Because woven into that is the child himself. Right. And as they grow, <coughs> they have their interests mm -hmm. that may or may not jive with yours. Right. And if you want to be a good dad, you alter your own interests for the sake of your child. You do. You do. Or if you're stubborn, you try to make the child interested in what you have. Right. Right. And yeah, so I, I'm just talking about the starting point that, where, it, where, it, where it, men start. Okay. And that's usually kind of kind of square one. And yes, um, then the then the the person that is your child kind of starts throwing their part into the equation. Curves. And yeah. They, they throw some curves. <laughs> Um, but the point of the generational momentum, though, is is if we don't step back and understand that this is a factor, then it's kind of the equivalent. The analogy I use is for those of you who golf and uh, are amateur golfers, you know how frustrating the sport can be. And you probably also know what it is to go on the course and have a thousand experts telling you how to fix it. Um, and. And that is very much my story. And of course, the, the analogy is you can try to change all the things in the world, but if you don't understand the problem, 
you're never really going to get to the root issue that can correct what's been going wrong, right? And that's the analogy I use with generational momentum, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, as we step into our fatherhood journeys, and that may be our starting plan, it probably is for most, I think it probably resonates. It's kind of the equivalent of making all these changes that you don't really understand the problem to begin with, right? And um, while you may have in mind that this part didn't go well, I'm going to do better, well, you're going to hear, as Dad and I talk, that um, there's there's a flaw in that plan. Um, <laughs> and and that's the part I'm anxious to share with you. So uh, you look like you want to say something, Dad. No, I'm just saying welcome to dadhood. Yeah. <laughs> the flaw in the plan. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. There is definitely a lot of that. And um, yeah, I mean, part of being a father is being a student of your child. Right. So um Kind of coming back to what you were saying. And you start all over with every child you have. Right. Because each one's different. Right. And so that starting point then starts to morph. But again, it's still the same issue. If you don't Mm -hmm. have an understanding of what's at the core of what's going on, you're just changing stuff. Not really maybe even coming close to getting to the well, heart. it's of, sort of like the definition of insanity. Yeah, right, right. Uh, Except yeah. this one might be a little different because you are trying different things, yeah. right? But there's yeah. there's no understanding behind it. Right. I guess that's, right. The, right. that's the point, that's the whole, right? Yeah. And so in talking about generational momentum, what we're, what we're stepping toward is a key word, and, and that is understanding, right? Um, that really is where things, um, well, that's the hope. Right. right. Is, is you can reach understanding and with the understanding, you can move towards redemption and healing and healthy um, interactions with your kids well, and those I know kinds of things. Having these, you were talking about months and months of conversation. And, um, first of all, I want to say I'm really glad we have cell phone technology now mm-hmm. rather than paying for it. <laughs> that would have been pretty oh. pricey, wouldn't it? <laughs> we wouldn't have had them. <laughs> would have been cheaper to have you fly up here. Yeah. 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 But, but the second thing is that, that it has these conversations have really helped me to rectify things within my own soul mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to say oh yeah maybe that's why yeah and well let's unpack that a little bit dad okay. right because so obviously this was chapter two of the book right so this was pretty early on in our conversations mm-hmm. right and we were breaking some pretty new ground at that point because yeah. to to really have the discussion multiple not one <laughs> we had yeah, many discussions many. about this um, to, to have these discussions, there was, there was a progression and, um, early on, it actually took us pretty quickly to an invitation to start exploring your story a little bit. Um, just your piece, how, how this generational momentum thing impacted you meant that one of the early discussions that we had was now you know, I invited you think about some of your encounters with your dad. And we, we talked pretty early on about the father wound. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, um, and before that, actually we, we had a discussion just about entering into that in the first place, which 
maybe we'll just let's build. Let's build like we did, right? So okay. the first discussion that we had actually was just around the whole concept of the father wound, right? Okay. And that father wound in exploring this issue of being an intentional dad. The reason we started talking about that is because intentional fatherhood is built on the foundational idea that in order to be an intentional father, a great father with your kids, the prerequisite for that is learning to be a fathered son, to be Mm -hmm. a son of Jesus, an apprentice, right? So um, the way that that is expressed in our family, the way I learned this in my journey is as I father you, this would be God speaking to me, as I father you, so you father your children. All right, so the connection between that and the father wound is a great starting place In fact, most common, usually the best place for a man to start his journey into a life of intimate sonship with God is to have really clear understanding of what his relationship was like with his own father. Because the connection between a child and his relationship with his father is by far the most impactful for how that person grows up understanding God himself. Well, it's really the only example, the tactical example of what fatherhood is. Right, right. You know, so for as a child growing up, I, I can't help but think that a child thinking in terms of God right. would have a very similar image to his own father. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, just to be clear, for some, there are some out there that maybe are listening that grew up without fathers. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Um, I understand that these, these impacts play a little bit differently, but even in the absence of a father, that becomes their starting point for their perception of their heavenly father. Well, absolutely. Right. The, the image or lack of right. is right. is still there. Yeah. yeah. So I just I wanted to speak to the sure, to the sure. to the more abstract one, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, for those of us who grew up with a father, um, we can kind of follow that thread as you know, how I related to him, that kind of easily translated sure. to how I started my understanding of God, right? Yeah. Well, the abstract of that may be a little harder to see, but it's it's just as just as profound, just in the negative. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, so that's why we started there, right? And so we kind of initially had some discussions about that and things I have observed over the years that actually make that really hard for some men to enter into is as you start to explore this idea of the father wound without really understanding the whole point of what that is. It feels like, hey, let's look back, find all the things that our dad did wrong, blame him for everything, bash him over the head, and feel better about ourselves. <laughs> and if that is all we were doing, there would be no value in it. Totally agree, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and, and when we started our discussion, you had that question, right? You were, you were kind of wondering, you know, because I think you'd heard about the importance of this before um, and had that very understandable retort 
that's a very reasonable question. It's like, what what is the point? If that's all we're going to do, what is the point, right? Well, I think where the question was raised is when you sent me your first or second draft yeah. of the chapter. And while it had good content yeah. um, for me yeah. and who I am, I don't reflect a lot. Right, right. I don't usually see much value in it. Yeah. Um, of course, I've never laid on a couch in front of a psychologist either or a psychiatrist. <laughs> but the point is, for me, it it takes a lot to look back. Yes. Or, right. or I have to have really significant purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that's why I raised the question. Sure. So, you know, why bother? Yeah. Yeah. So you had layers to it. Mm-hmm. You had layers to it. But I, I think if I remember right, Dad, part of it was... Um, it felt weird to just willingly enter into those kinds of ways of thinking about grandpa. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, you love him, you of respect course. him. Yeah. Right. And, and to do things like this without any more understanding, it just feels well disrespectful. Right. And it, it feels in a way wrong. Right. Yeah. Because I had a pretty good idea of his motivation too. Right. Right. And that's and that's where the good heart comes in. Mm-hmm. Right. Is a lot of times. Uh, and I've heard just what you said right there. Right. He did so many good things. Right. And to and to sit and think about where the failures were feels like a complete uh, just an ingrate almost mm-hmm. for all the good things that, that he did provide that he did do. And grandpa was a great man. Right. And we're going to talk a little bit about grandpa and. He was an incredible man. He's a hero. He was a hero. Um, you know, and so going into that story, there there just needed to be some understanding of what we were doing, right? And it really wasn't and and isn't this whole deal of going into the father wound isn't about grandpa. It really isn't. All right. It's about right. you and your heart because the reality is there was wounding. There were things that were missed. This is generational momentum. We're all swept up yeah, in it, right? right. I may be jumping a little bit ahead of it, but it also, um, as we went through these talks, it yeah. made me realize that the wound, well, you kind of reflect, pointed to it, the wound is not so much what my dad intended. Right. Or the fact that it was even um, a thought process. Right. But the wound was there nonetheless. Right. Right. And and, and that's, and that's what, the issue. Yeah, that's it. That's the issue. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just getting to the point where we acknowledge it's there. Mm-hmm. It's real. It had an impact. Right. Right. Now. As simple as it was. As simple or, as it was. As, or as, um, boy. Yeah, we we've been sleep deprived. I'm yeah. word, words are not coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's the point. It's just it was just simple little nothing acts. Right. That had an incredible impact. It had a huge impact. Yeah. It had a huge impact. And and that's what you start to see. Right. Is you you can se- you can begin to separate. Now, there's there's some wisdom to kind of hold this together, right? Because also part of what is on offer in all of this is this thing called reconciliation, mm-hmm. right? Which grandpa has passed, right? So our, our chance 
for that, for you guys and the stories we're about to share, that's going to have to come the other side of eternity. Right. Um, so that's not something available to you now. But what is available is entering into the reality of that wound existing. Mm-hmm. All that to say the wisdom here for those of us who still do have fathers to interact with is there is an invitation for reconciliation for men who can understand this together. Well, that is between except between you and me, because I'm perfect. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, we'll come back to that, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but the wisdom is there, there's two things that we're, we're talking about and, and just to keep them separate right now. Right. One is what you were just saying, honing in on the wound itself and how it impacted you. And oh, by the way, it's not just one wound. Right. right. I mean, we've right. got we've got a long lifetime of relationship between child and father Mm -hmm. there's more right and it's not just and it's not just fathers right there's there's mother wounds there's peer wounds there's um organizational wounds from bad work experiences things like that right there's all kinds of healing that we start to recognize we're invited into as our life of intimate sonship or for women intimate daughtership as that opens up for us. There's all kinds of invitations. We're just saying we're starting with the father wound because of the sweeping impact that that has on our relationship with our heavenly father. So we're starting there and we're starting with one, right? Yep. Okay. That the wound itself is an invitation and that is for you, right? Then there's the business of reconciliation. So for a healthy reconciliation, It's not that we're saying our fathers who wounded us are absolved, right? There is ownership to be taken. And if there's going to be authentic reconciliation, it requires ownership of the things that we have failed in, right? And that's where the growth and the understanding takes root is in understanding that, right? So kind of two separate things. And so if grandpa were here, for example... Um, if there was going to be kind of a full reconciliation around this wounding, it would require grandpa to acknowledge he had a part in wounding you, right? And, and understanding how that happened and, and owning it, not in a shame sense, mm-hmm. um, huge distinction. Shame says something's wrong with me and it speaks to a core of our identity and our worth. Oh, absolutely. It, it- you know, taking those wounds one step further, like in the ways I wounded you, yeah. you have no idea you're wounding. Right. Right. You know, so it's, it's, you're right. It's not a shame, but it is hopefully an understanding. Yeah. And the distinction that, then would be guilt, right? Yeah. I, I can, yes. I can say I'm guilty. Yeah. If I am coming to this in a place where I know that who I am is a beloved son of God mm-hmm. and I'm loved and I belong and I have nothing to prove. Right. Right. And if I right. am secure in that, then I have all the freedom in the world to sit with the guilt of my brokenness and my part in wounding another. And yeah. that and that is the fertile ground from which reconciliation grows. Right. right? Okay. And I have my own story. Right. We, you know, we just initiated my daughter and a huge part of our story down the stretch is reconciliation that we've had over ways I wounded her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it, intentional fatherhood is not perfect fatherhood. I said this. Right. In the, I said this in the last podcast. Yeah. And I just I'll keep saying it. It's not. 
right? Um, it can be pretty good. <laughs> it is still really good, <laughs> right? So that's kind of the background, right? We spent a lot of time kind of unpacking how important this issue of the father wound is and what we're doing as we enter into that, right? And then from there, that's where we begin to get a deep understanding into this issue of generational momentum and what we can actually do to start stemming the tide. Anyway, um, so that's where our discussion kind of kind of originally started, just to kind of help get these foundational ideas in, right? And and then with that, um, we had an opportunity to start entering into your story, which was such a gift for me because all those years growing up, we had so many so many good memories, Dad. I mean, you know. It, some of the biggest and most immediate that come to mind is all the baseball that we shared, right? I mean, we just so many things that we just did together. Um, you know, and I share in the book, one of the biggest gifts you gave to me was your presence. And this is going to come full circle as we unpack your story. Um, but you were there for literally everything all the time. And it was such a beautiful gift. And what we're going to unpack here is we're going to realize there was something behind that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was oh, something yeah. behind that, right? Um, but the realization of that was a really profound aha for both of us that started with an invitation for you to begin exploring father wounding, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I asked if you would sit with it a minute and this was one of our early conversations. And I just said, what does, what begins to stir in your heart? Because if something does that, that is Jesus kind of leading you to recover something. And you pause for about 22 seconds <laughs> and immediately something came to mind. I mean, it was, it was almost just like that. And boom, there it was. And, and I think if I remember right, you described it as like, oh man, I see this vividly now. Oh, yeah, still it, do. Yeah. Um, I just uh, open it up to you. What was the story? What, do you, what did you remember well, as, as you um, took that invitation? To put a little bit more of a background into this situation, um, my dad came from what has been known as America's Greatest Generation, mm -hmm. um, which was pretty much growing up uh, as a child of the Depression mm -hmm. and um, going into as a soldier in World War II. Mm -hmm. The culture of the post-war era was one of industrialism and work ethic. Right, right. And well, rebuilding America after rebuilding the war, right? America. And that was yeah. the man's new front line. He left Absolutely. the front lines in Europe or, or yeah. Japan, came yeah. home, and the new front line was the in... The front line was build it back. Build it back. Um, coming out of the Depression and all of America's resources went into the war effort. Mm -hmm. Now we had all of these soldiers coming back. They needed two things. They needed a house and they needed a job. Yep. And... It was provided. Yep. And they, it was provided through the teamwork of Americans mm -hmm. building together. Right. 
And that was the culture of the time. And so as a country, as its people, their job was, the man's job was to provide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The wife's job was to rear. Yep. And if the kids um, didn't get dad as much as maybe they could have or should have, that was the sacrifice. And it's just how it was. That's the way it was. Nobody really thought otherwise because every family was like that. Every family was like that. Uh, Whether the dad wore a shirt and tie or a blue collar, it didn't matter. They worked long and hard and they ate their lunch out of their metal um, mm-hmm. Lunchbox, yep, and came home dog tired. Yep, and got up to do and, it all again the next and day. The only time, about the only time you could really get to know, for me, mm-hmm. to really get to know my dad as a human, as a yeah. person, mm-hmm. was either at those rare social events mm-hmm. where we went as a family. Mm-hmm. Or on the annual week or ten day vacation. Right. That right. was it. That was it. Yep. So that's that's the background of who my dad was. Yeah. Um, and so any activity that I was in as I was growing up. Mm-hmm was pretty much on my own. And you had mentioned something else about this era too, right? Kind of, it, it goes right alongside it, right? So that's how things were for the men, yes. right? But then kids are doing the activities that we're used to kids doing, right? I mean, they still play Little League. I don't think soccer was as big then, no, but you know, no. you had your stuff. Yeah, yeah. Today, it's unthinkable that kids would do those things without parents attending somebody. Somebody there is at those events in, in today, Right. Oh, yeah. You know, for those of you who are not of my era, you may have heard the term sandlot baseball. Yeah. You had all the neighborhood kids. You meet at the every neighborhood had an empty lot. Right. And that's where the game was played. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. would find we would make bases out of cardboard. Mm-hmm. If you had. Ten kids showed up that day. You had five on a side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's where we were. And so we would play baseball in a sandlot or an empty lot. Yeah. And there was always somebody who was the math genius, and he would keep statistics. Okay. And sometimes he would try to keep batting averages. Yeah. And, uh, but most of all, it was just wins and losses. Okay, and, and okay. And we create a league and all that. We just did it on our own. There were no parents. No parents. No parents. No, right? never, never, so never, never. So just that needed to be spoken to, right? Okay. Because the that's part of the background of the of the story you're going to share, and why as we entered into this, um, you explained that to me because um, again, I think one of the things you wrestled with as you started to get into this story. I mean, you recognize God had given you something to explore. And one of the first things that you said after you started speaking to what you're about to speak to is, but it wasn't that big a deal. Ah, uh, yeah, and, okay. And that is why you felt that way. But that's when I said, okay, hold, Dad, <laughs> <laughs> hold on. I know why you feel that way initially, but 
keep digging into it a little bit. And that's when I think you started to see, you know what? Once you peel off the wrappings of, quote unquote, how things were, it was a big deal. Yeah. It well, was it turned, a very it, big yeah, deal. Yeah, it turned right? out to be. that. Yeah. It, it was, like you said earlier, it became an aha moment. Yeah. Um, and it it was that moment became the impetus for my determining how I was going to relate with my kids. That's right. And that's where it was such a big deal. So it didn't just wound you, it set your course going oh, forward. Absolutely. And that's really that's really part of that's a big part of what's so important about finding healing in these woundings. Right. Is because you you'll you'll see that with these wounds, it set a course for your life that without understanding it, no doubt is still unfolding today. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Right. Yeah, um, well, particularly in the fact that you, know, you are you're listening to my first son. Eric is my first son, but we have. Well, counting my stepson, we have four others right. that have fallen, that have come behind Eric. And to those of my boys who have children, I can see they are doing things mm-hmm. that, fortunately for me, they were positives to them. Mm-hmm. And that is carrying on, and that's yeah, that's pretty glorious. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, choking up. Yeah, well, um, I know your generation, Dad. Um, emotion does not roll easily, so <laughs> that's a special moment, yeah. Papa. That's special. It makes makes my heart smile, and and it does. It continues to ripple. Right. Um, And, you know, like I said, in exploring these things that that necessarily meant you and I were going to explore some parts of our story. Right. A lot of good things. And then some things that are they're painful. Mm -hmm. They're hard. Right. And yes, that legacy for sure is right in the center of that positive Mm -hmm. uh, experience and those positive things that, that have carried on. Um and then there's the there's the painful things yeah. right um which is kind of where we are right now right so so you you know you kind of took my took my invitation and we started kind of walking through together which was such a it, it was an awe it was an awe moment for me because oh my gosh i'm going to start learning things about dad that you know all these decades of our relationship together i never got a peek behind the curtain mm-hmm. like i started to get yeah. when when with this right I mean, there were things just in experience of growing up in the family. I mean, you could tell there were dynamics, right? You know, right. and as a child, you experience them. You, you become an adult. You look back and you can kind of identify some of these dynamics in place between you and grandpa and all those things. And some good, some bad, some healthy, some dysfunctional, right? Um, so I knew there was a story. I always knew there was. But we just never had occasion to, to talk to it kind of going back to the emotion you were just talking about, right? I mean, you were, you were an apple off of that tree of the men returning from the war and it was about work, right? 
a lot of the cultural understandings of how men interact carried right over. This is just men. They they do their thing and we don't your generation, grandpa's generation, you don't talk about this stuff, right? right. I mean, right. so, you know, not surprising growing it's, up, right? Yeah, there's, well, there's nothing to talk about. It's just what you do. It's, yeah, and and it was what it was, and, right? And that's how society evolved, mm-hmm. and you become a part of society. Yep. And so you just kind of follow the way. So there's a cultural momentum too, yes. right? Yeah, and so oh, you know. don't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, specific, that's way beyond yeah, us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but specifically, generational momentum here, right? Yes. So this was this was kind of a new. This was a first for us to share together, right? Yeah, it, and the reason, kind of, to get back into the story, the the biggest reason is that. Even events were not geared toward parental participation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and just with that in, in mind, the, the situation was I, I had developed, I was fortunate enough to um, have a bit of, of athleticism and some pretty good success as a as a baseball pitcher and there the specifics were that on really really rare occasion high school baseball games were played at night and so there was no for for the vast majority of my baseball career games were played in the daytime Mm -hmm. most of the time they were played during the week Mm -hmm. Um, i did not expect my dad to attend a game i don't know that it even entered my mind that he were to enter or to watch a game because he was probably recovering from a really hard week at work but on this one occasion, it was a um, a league championship game. It was played at night at a um, and you know at the high school um, baseball field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That the way the park was designed, um, you could park a car if you were fortunate enough to see the game while sitting in your car mm-hmm. on the street. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the situation we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. I was um, pitching in this, this championship game, pretty good crowd for a high school baseball game, mm-hmm. but they were the old time, as you can imagine, just the old time bleachers. No right. back, no backs of any kind. They were just metal, nasty, mm-hmm. hard bleachers. Yep. And we were in South End, Indiana. Mm-hmm. You said this Early was the June. this was a city championship. City right? championship. Yeah. And also seventeen. You're seventeen years old. Yep. Okay. Seventeen years old, hot. It was, yeah. it was early June. 
in um, humid town, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the secondary part of, of this whole story is that um, I don't think my dad was there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And there again, I was not expecting him. Mm-hmm. But I, as I was coming off of the mound at the end of an inning, I did happen to see him. Well, I saw my car, my dad's yeah. car. Right. And he was parked. The car was parked, uh, you know, on the street. Mm-hmm. But he could see. He was really fortunate for him that he could see through the fence because his his sight line was between home where the bleachers were and my dugout. Mm-hmm. So he could see me pitch, mm-hmm. every pitch. Um, and as I was coming off of the mound, this one inning, I saw the car there, which was cool. Mm-hmm. And I saw Dad behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, no, it didn't even hit me then. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. It was only afterward yeah. that I got to thinking he couldn't get out of the car to see me play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was amazing that he was there mm-hmm. to begin with. Mm-hmm. But it's, in my heart, it wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah. And this is the part that was hard for you to stay with, right? Because yeah, where you had been, I think over the years, you just kind of settled on, I want to be grateful for what I did get. Yeah. Right, which is yeah. beautiful, right? It's beautiful. But, you know, again, it's not about grandpa. Right. It's about something that happened in that moment. And right. yes, there were things to be grateful for. And and again, digging deeper is not throwing that away. Right. Right. It's getting to something that was really, really impactful on you. Right. Right. It's just it's having the courage to keep digging to get to that thing. Yeah. And exactly. That, and that's that what we talked about earlier is yeah. that he was he was watching the game. Right. That's all he was doing. Right. He had no idea the impact it had, and he would never even have occurred to him right. that it wasn't enough. Right, right. And that's why this isn't really about Grandpa. Right. Now, again, yeah. if he were here, just kind of holding that wisdom, right? If mm-hmm. he were here and there was going to be true healing and reconciliation between the two of you on this, Grandpa's a good man, right? If if we could have walked him into this and and he could have seen... Oh wow, that was a pretty impactful thing. That you know, I think he would have owned that. Yeah, right? truth, truth be told, we probably would have had a long conversation before he's. Oh, I remember that game. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, and and he would have he would probably thrown a few details out sure, there, things like sure. that. All all things to go on the side of. He was there. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, right? And something else happened, right? And so we're going to unpack that something else, but again, a little background, right? So what what we're talking about are spiritual things, right? Yes. And the the reality behind all of this, what makes these conversations make sense, our 
perspective, um, our understanding, our basic unspoken that I'm going to speak to understanding is that there is a spiritual reality of an enemy that hates us like more deeply than we could possibly imagine. Right. And he is always, always, always seizing on opportunities to wound our hearts. And it is in circumstances like this where he moves subtly. And it's something that we call messages. All right. Mm -hmm. And it's something not spoken, but very much communicated. And in that moment, wasn't anything spoken from grandpa wasn't even necessarily anything obviously spoken from the enemy but you began to feel things mm-hmm. that years later as you start to peel this back you started to put your finger on yeah i felt some really painful things and you you started to put words to what you were feeling that's a message right and so do you remember some of the things you kind of started to put your finger on I've been trying to rack my brain while you were talking about it. And, and no, I've, I, I guess I've thrown those messages. Away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll jog your memory. Okay. I, I think, I think, okay. I think you'll resonate pretty yeah. quickly. Right. But the fact that grandpa was in that car and did not get out as you sat with the pain of that, one of the ways you started to put words to the pain you felt was my father did not care enough about me. That's right. I to remember. delight in my moment. Yeah. He didn't have enough presence of mind to come out and show his face at least. Let me see pride and delight on his face, right? Let me see a fist bump of an attaboy. Mm-hmm. You know, and come right back to what is the what is a design for a boy? What does he want from his father? He wants to know that his father beams with pride over mm-hmm. him, right? Mm-hmm. And here in this moment, like a city championship, and again, more context for that, that was a big, big deal, deal, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, South Bend, Indiana, we're talking citywide. Every year, this was this was not just some sandlot thing, yeah, right? Yeah, it's not literally. It's, it's uh, 16, 18-year-old young men beating their brains out of each other. Right. And here you are, the starting pitcher in this championship game, which means you're one of the best pitchers in the city to have that honor, right? If there was ever a moment for a father to stand up and show his pride in his boy and just beam with delight in a way that his boy can't miss it, that's the one. Mm -hmm. And he didn't do it. Yeah, you'd hope to... To set the movie stage, he should be sitting on the front row of the bleachers yelling at the umpire. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what your heart longed for from the time you came into this world. Mm -hmm. You grew up in an environment where nobody got that. Right. Right. So you, you you just didn't live your days pining away for this. It's just it became your world. But the desire didn't go away. It just went underground, right? right and and right. here in this moment, it was tailor-made for that kind of expression of love from a father to a son. And he missed it. Missed it, yeah. He missed it. And as you started to put words to it, it's like, I'm not worth being delighted in. I'm not ever going to be enough 
for my father. Right. Those kinds of themes started to bubble up. Now that's me kind of recapturing. Some yeah, of the no, things, I you know, know what you would, but it was a, it was a, there was a distance. Yeah. That he felt he, I know, I know he felt he was doing the right thing by being there. Right. right. And at the time I felt elated that he was even there. Yeah. But the reflection of it. Right. Was the, even though it was about 30 feet. Right. It was a chasm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so messages of distance. Right. Yeah. That there's there's a chasm here. I will I will never have a connection with my father. And comfort was more important. Yeah. Because he could. I don't know. For all I know, he had the Cubs on the radio right. while he was watching us. Right. But the big thing was he could have the air conditioner on. Yep. Yep. You know, so there there were all of these little things that. I really can't say comfort was more important, well, but the comfort but he, was was. Again, we're getting we're yeah. we're getting to the messages that started right, to come through, right? right? right so right, again, right. this this is this is so important to go after this. This is not about grandpa, right? right? Exactly. No, this no, is no, about no. what this the circumstances is, provided as yeah. an opportunity for the enemy to start weaving exactly these messages. Like I said, right? it was it was elation that he was even there, right? Right. Um, <laughs> It was, it was just the picture. Yeah, yeah, and the it lingered. Of oh yeah, and it lingered. Oh, oh. <laughs> but it went, but it went dormant for years, oh, until yeah. seven months ago or whatever it was. Yeah, now, whatever right? it was. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, this stuff surfaced, right? And there you were. It's like, oh, that was impactful. That was a oh, big. It was life changing. It was life changing, right? Because from there. It wasn't just about the messages, again, staying in the spiritual realities of things. It's not just that the enemy tries to wound and just pierce deeply into our hearts with messages. There's something he wants out of that, and that's in agreement, mm-hmm. right? It's So in that message of, I can never do enough for my dad to delight in me. There's a chasm here that is uncrossable. Um, you made an agreement and this is where the generational momentum thing started to unfold for us. You said, I will never let my kids feel that distance from me. Right. Ever. Right. And, and I think another thing that we unpacked in the message arena is I, I think in that moment, as special as it was to have your dad there, there was also a pain of this thing that went underground that it was the only time yeah that he was there that's true right that's true and so you that that spoke those were messages within the chasm right that my dad is so sold out to being a provider that he has no time for me yeah right mm-hmm. i i am not as important as his work 
True. Right? That's true. And I am not as important as what he thinks is the most important thing, which is to provide. Exactly. Right? Um, There again, it was a cultural thing. Right. But um, the reality of it was kids do kids things. Right. And dads do dad things. Right. Right. And so that message is where the real aha started to hit for you and me. Well, I hope you're enjoying this conversation between me and my dad. It is on the longer side and recognizing that I wanted to find a place where we could kind of make a cut and offer the entire conversation over two podcasts, a two-parter. Um, there really wasn't an elegant place to do that. So I picked what I thought might be the best (laughs) spot and this turning point where we're starting to dial in to how what dad realized and what we realized together, um, turned out to, uh, play a role in my life and the impact that that had on me and the aha that we shared together as we looked kind of through our family story into this idea of generational momentum. So um, I am kind of putting a break in here. Uh, The next podcast will uh, simply pick up the conversation in progress, kind of exactly where we left off. Um, So we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, Just again, say thank you for joining us. I hope this has been a blessing to you. I hope you are finding encouragement and hope in your own story and uh, perhaps even some understanding that can lead to some healing for you and for those of you who still have a father around, uh, perhaps to share this together and start your own journey and your own discussion of these really important things. Um, I do want to let you know that uh, if you go to theintentionaldad.org, Uh, What you will find there for paid members is um, chapter two of the book will be made available. Um, And speaking of which, the intentional dad and the content we offer is uh, supported through paid membership. Um, And if you have found this to be a blessing for you, I just ask that maybe you consider becoming a part of the intentional dad community as a paid member. Um, Or if that is not something that you really feel is the right fit for you, um, maybe consider uh, becoming a donor to help support um, more creation of content like this and these kinds of discussions. So um, all of that you will find at theintentionaldad.org. And if you are interested in reading chapter two entitled Generational Momentum, Uh, to go alongside with this podcast. I just want to let you know that that is there. So in the meantime, again, thank you for joining us and may God bless you and your family very richly. 